Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network, and now, Lucha Central Weekly. Welcome to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from this past week, covering Mexico-based promotions like AAA and CMLL, as well as top independents, along with Luchador-related news from WWE, AEW, MLW, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, and more. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast, as long as, uh, as, along with others from the Lucha Central Podcast Network, are available on LuchaCentral.com and all major podcast platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbay, Speaker, and iHeartRadio. My name is Miranda Morales. I am one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, and this is a trio effort. Yes, I not do this alone. I have two wonderful co-hosts uh, that do this with me, so let's let's bring them in. Our first co-host is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, Miranda. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful. Trying to stay cool uh, in the middle of the in Arizona. So, you know, uh, yeah. just trying to stay cool. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, how, how are things in your neck of the woods? Uh, not bad. We had some really nice weather this week. It's starting to get hot again. Uh, but, mm. yeah, we had a nice few days for a reprieve there. Felt like fall yeah. for a week. Oh, yes. A nice taste of fall. I can always appreciate and our third co-host, certainly last but not least, who? Who am I who? talking about? Who? 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 That is Mr. Brendan Barr. Brendan, how's it going? Oh, I'm good. Good. So I have learned by watching recent programming that the best way to be cool is to have your hands in your pockets. So there you go. <laughs> There's your lesson. Yes. <laughs> Well, we've, we've known that for a while as well, but you know, how well you execute it, how well you can actually pull it off. That's the trick. That seems to be the trick. Yeah. <laughs> that seems to be the trick. Speaking of cool things, there was a cool happening this week. Uh, oh, Brenda, yeah. I know you and I really wanted to, to mention, you know, maybe, maybe embarrass the, the, the guy a little bit, but we had yeah. a birthday this week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, man. 
Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yes, Mr. Dusty Murphy, the dashing one, having a birthday this week. Uh, Happy birthday. Oh, well, thank you. I I appreciate it very much. Yeah, thank you. Were you able to do something uh, entertaining, fun, out of the ordinary? Uh, Nothing really out of the ordinary. You know, it's kind of the the 2020 style. It was very small (laughs) and uh, just hung out with my family, but it was pretty awesome. We got a coconut cake. Yeah, we oh, had a great time. It's it pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, congratulations. Another year in the book. Oh, it's thank always you. great. I know that uh, now with the current current pandemic, uh birthdays aren't, you know, as quite as uh, big as they used to be and outings are a little bit more limited, but hey, you know, it's a, it's another year. So, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, at least I lived through it. You know, that's always a plus. <laughs> that's, that's what it's all about, right? That's what we're celebrating. You made it. You made it. Yeah. So I think at the end of this year, we're all going to celebrate that we made it through. So uh, that's, that's uh, God knows how, you know, what else is going to happen. We're still in August um, and, and there's still plenty of year left ahead of us. So uh, <laughs> let's all do us, ourselves a favor, count our blessings when we get the chance, because uh, now times are rough, but we're all tougher. So we'll all get through this. Um, and this week, I mean, going to, to uh, what we're going to be talking about this week, we have a packed show. And when I mean packed, it is literally packed full of content. We have some of our usual segments and programs talking about uh, everything that's happening in the world of Lucha Libre uh, to what's happening in Mexico um, and big promotions there to WWE and AEW, even NXT, a very big weekend ahead. Also, we have a very exclusive interview, the first English language interview with AAA Lucha Libre star, internet star at this point, Mr. Iguana. So make sure you stay tuned later on the show for part one of our interview with Mr. Iguana. We talked so much. We had such a good time, so much good information that we had to split up the interview into two parts. And again, the very first English language interview with Mr. Iguana. So we yeah, anywhere. Very first English yeah. language interview anywhere. Yes, so we are very honored and appreciative of his time, and it was a lot of fun. You you just got to mm-hmm. listen to it. Trust us, you just got to <laughs> listen to it. So starting off as we normally do, uh, Brendan sets the tone by taking us to, uh, through the road back to shows. Heck yeah. All right, so uh, I'm going to go through the, the uh, same old start here. Mexico City is still orange, but... Uh, this week, we somehow got it allowed to have events with 30% capacity. So we're going to start seeing fans at shows. Uh, not only are we going to see empty arena shows, we're going to see fewer of those, but we're going to start seeing soon a small smattering of fans. Um, I, I personally am not entirely behind this idea. Like I really, I said this on, on Twitter my heart is really excited because I, I would love to see mm-hmm. wrestling with fans there. And the, there's nothing, it's nothing quite like the fan reaction of watching wrestling, but at the same time, it just seems like such a crazy idea to just pack people into a, a building, uh, even at 30%. It's just, Oh, anyway. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, 
expect expect uh, expect CMLL to do more shows. We will have information on the the first set of four that they're going to have. It sounds like that means that one of them will have fans. We'll be talking about that later. Expect AAA to be doing shows. Expect more of the the indie shows that we've been talking about to be happening. They won't be being shut down, which is something else we'll be talking about later. Um, it, so yeah, it, it's. It's an interesting and exciting time. Uh, I hope I hope it's all good excitement. I hope I am worried for no reason. But uh, that's where we are. I think it's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I think this, this is a... Any time where you're now allowing any capacity, there's, um, I'm sure, a level of hesitation and um, uh, just a, you know, a little bit of fear. Just, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, bringing people back together. Um, we're starting to see it here in the United States with, with school, you know, people going yes. back to mm-hmm. schools and a week, even a weekend, they're starting to, cl- you know, close the schools down again. So, you know, not, you know, I, identical, but what's happening when you're bringing people together, even in limited capacity, we're seeing that, you know, um, uh, incidents and cases uh, are, are growing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and it's the, the upside again is that we should get some more exciting entertainment and and uh, wrestling out of this. So I'm choosing to look at that positive side, and hopefully mm-hmm. that means that the indie roundup and CMLL and and AAA will have a lot more news going forward. Uh, I will go over a couple other things. Before this 30% was announced, there was a show in in Gomez Palacio that was shut down. The police. Uh, actually helped tear down the ring and packed everything up and they sent the wrestlers home and kept the the rental chairs in the ring in uh storage i believe so that they couldn't sneak in another try and sneak in another show when the the police left wow and then uh to kind of to kind of go with the worries we uh, had a little there's a story of uh an event in arena neza arena neza uh where they were working on compliance and a week ahead of time, they had three wrestlers test positive and then they had a kind of a less accurate, but higher, higher turnaround uh, test on the same day and two more wrestlers tested positive. So total of five wrestlers for this event had tested positive. But the upside on this story again is this, that that part of the system is working. Those people did not get allowed to go to the show and expose other people. So uh, hopefully that means that uh, the other luchadors stayed safe and and sound, but they did my, they did have the event. And then uh, my my last one, my last little bit on this road to shows here is uh, follow up on another story. Previously we had uh, spoken of uh, Hiho to Dr. Wagner Jr. saying that he had planned to go to Japan. He uh, they he was still in conversations with them. He has not made a statement on this yet, but Noah, the organization he was in talks with, have uh, stripped him and Rene Dupree of the tag team championship that they were holding, the GHC tag team championship. So that's a kind of an indicator that they are probably looking to go a little more local and not flying people in just yet. Uh, probably particularly not from Mexico or the United States where we seem to have kind of a bad track record with the, with the, the COVID. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, he, he hasn't said uh, anything in an interview. Otherwise it says he's not going just, um, so maybe it's just Rene Dupree and maybe we will see he to Dr. Wagner Jr. in Noah in another month or so. 
Still don't know. Yeah, that'd be exciting. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting case. If, if you know, they got stripped of the, the titles, whether it was one or both of their travel restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, uh, and, and that's the best scenario. Right there. That's assuming the travel restrictions was the main culprit um, yeah. in their decision. It seems like they haven't announced anywhere as to, you know, what the decision making is. I think it's just logically it, it makes sense, and we've seen it here stateside where um, they strip titles away from individuals they could not, you know, be here to defend them. Um, yeah. Because it just makes sense, you know, to, to keep, you know, especially if they, if they are going to be having shows and, and needing, you know, those titles defended. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it makes sense, but there's still, yeah, that's a very big question mark. And I mean, also the nature of the business is, uh, even if it's for another reason, they're just going to blame it on travel restrictions because the general public yeah. understand that mm-hmm. better than uh, we had a backstage situation or whatever their other reason might have been. So, yeah, that's an excellent point. That that's going to be seen as a valid excuse for some time now. You know, I mean, at least the immediate future going forward. And oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean, anytime somebody announces that they're doing this for the safety of it, they get a free pass from me. I'm not going to go on the internet mm-hmm. and complain about anything exactly. involving safety. That's exactly it. People will encourage that. And so if it kind of helps the backstage situation, I I would be surprised if it's not being used already, you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure shows are, are doing that. Um, yeah, I uh that's what I've got for the, the indie roundup, not the indie roundup. Ha ha. I'm ahead of myself for the road show. <laughs> uh, they, they're uh, expect a bunch more stories next week. There was a bunch of things that I was looking at that uh, I didn't have quite enough information on yet, or we didn't have quite enough uh, budgeted time to really go into some of them for details. So expect, uh, expect to hear a few more things on the road to shows next week, mm-hmm. but Justy, or whoever pushes the magic button. Yeah. It's oh, Dusty Boy has to push the button. So it's a team effort. No. No, I just sit here and enjoy it. <laughs> All right. So this is a real short one as well. There are there were again a bunch of uh matches uh, that I for Various reasons didn't have a lot of time to do, so I'm going to I might throw some things that into next week's indie roundup as well. But uh, right now, as as we speak, Lucha Time is holding another event, uh, so I, I will ha- definitely have some sort of information on that. This is actually wrestling and not uh, not a fitness video like last week. Uh, it's <laughs> called Arriba del Norte, um, and. Uh, I, I, I've got it kind of going in another window here, but it's, I'm pay, trying to be focused and not watch it. So, uh, <laughs> uh then, uh, we had, uh, the, the Ray del Norte that I kept seeing teased. Turns out that it was a King of the ring style rumble match. Uh, and the winner of that was Rico Rodriguez. So Rico Rodriguez is now the Ray del Norte. Um, I'm unaware if that means that he gets a shot at a, at any title of his choice. Cause uh, again, my Spanish, not uh, that, that is a, that's a thing. So now we know after all that buildup, it was, it looked like it was very exciting. I only saw highlights of it, but it looked like it was a very fun and exciting match. And then speaking of things that I have seen in the past that we've talked about, 
Maslucha, had the uh, the tournament that the the ladies' tournament that they hosted is now up for free on the YouTube channel. So if you didn't want to pay yeah. the pay the couple bucks to get the service, now is the time to go over to their YouTube channel and uh, and watch it there. And uh, there's. Uh, there's more talk that they're going to have a subscription service on the YouTube channel instead of the, instead of their streaming service. So there may be more information on that in the future, but uh, definitely that ladies tournament is, is on there. I highly recommend it. All of the matches were really good. But, uh, that's what I got for the Indie roundup this week. Thank you, Brendan, for always starting us right uh, with the road back to shows in and the Indie roundup. Uh, make sure you stay tuned because news keeps on growing in these two areas. We constantly are hearing information. Um, so if you are especially interested in knowing what is happening in Mexico and the road back to independent shows there, make sure you tune in with us every week. But now we're going to kick it off to Denise Alcedo with this week's Lucha Central Central. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Monday, Business of the Business returns as Master Public President Kevin Kleinrock welcomes artist Jesse Hernandez, better known to many as Urban Aztec, to the show. The two will talk about both sides of Jesse's work in the licensing game, creating original designs for prints, toys, and apparel, and working with everyone from Bay Area sports teams and Marvel to Master Public and the WWE, merging his signature style with some of the biggest properties on the planet. On Tuesday on Mass, Mass, and Mayhem, the crew takes aim at an AEW star they are throwing up on the wall of shame for what they say is stealing from a former Lucha Underground star. Then they even take aim at Lucha Underground itself, calling Season 1, Episode 15, trash, and debate the Hano's use of the TV series, plus lots more. Check out the premiere video stream Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at luchacentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. This Tuesday night, live on WrestleBossLive.com, Bobby Chulo is back to talk pro wrestling and MMA. Coming off a huge victory at the Fight to Win Grappling Tournament, John Thomas joins the show to talk about how wrestling has helped his jiu-jitsu game, and then luchador Steve Payne will join the show to talk about his experiences in SoCal, AAA, Lucha Underground, and more. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the chisme from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. This week, things get a little extreme as Lunatic Extreme grabs a seat at the table and the crew talk Lucha Extrema in Mexico. Plus, you never know who else may stop by unannounced. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez. This week, two of the PWR Training Academy's top prospects, Charisma and Gavilan, 
pull up to the spot to talk about learning the Lucha Libre style, how the pandemic has led to distance learning even for pro wrestlers, and getting things back and running at the academy. The life of a Lucha Libre trainee is not often explored, and even I'm really looking forward to this one. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcast, one in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. This week, both shows update you on the upcoming CMLL iPay-Per-View and their big annual Aniversario event, along with a look at this coming weekend's WWE NXT TakeOver and SummerSlam events which includes the in-ring debut of El Principe Misterio, Dominic, plus on Lucha Central Weekly in English, AAA Superestrella Mr. Iguana gives his first English interview. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, and please be sure to give a rating and review to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week, everyone. As always, a big thank you to Denise Salcedo, who lets us know what's happening on the podcast network. Uh, mm-hmm. And predicts the future, because she's seen all that you're hearing on this week's show. So let's get into this weekend. It's packed full of events, and we're going to be starting off with WWE. We're viewing SmackDown and Raw and talking a little bit about SummerSlam. Yeah. Well, this week with uh, WWE largely treading water due to all the build to SummerSlam, I thought we'd give a quicker rundown and kind of set up our predictions for SummerSlam. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. (laughs) This past Friday the 14th, we had a couple of Lucha moments on SmackDown. The first was Grand Metalik got a big win against Shinsuke Nakamura, but in even bigger news, we had a returning Kalisto. He's got a beard now, and his mask is different. It's kind of hybridized with all his past personas and Lucha Libre, and it's an exciting throwback for us Kalisto fans who remember when he was the original Octagon Jr. in AAA. And so that was kind of a cool moment. We also had some furthering of the Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville storyline, setting up a Luchos de Apuestas hair versus hair match at SummerSlam. Yeah. And speaking of SummerSlam, WWE Raw on Monday night, August 17th, it's a ton of SummerSlam build. We have the Thunder coming. We have the Street Profits versus the Lena's faction and saw a split win loss with Andrade beating Ivar. Angel Garza beating Ivar, but Andrade losing to Montez Ford. And we saw a video setting up Zelina as the dastardly villain who points in Montez Ford's Red Solo Cup. Uh, and Seth Rollins, Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio news. We saw Rey return and announce that he's going to be in Dominic's corner at SummerSlam. And after Seth shows up, they Rey and Dominic got together with some kendo sticks and they beat Seth like he owed him money. But Murphy was able to help him make the escape, and Seth, you know, escaped down the road to SummerSlam. <laughs> we have, and so now we got SummerSlam set up. We've got the Street Profits versus Andrade and Garza, with Andrade and Garza as odds-on favorites in Las Vegas casino sportsbook betting. But we also oh. have Bianca Belair and Selena Vega figured into the match. And uh, we have the culmination of the feud between Seth Rollins, or what should be the culmination of the feud between Seth Rollins and the Familia de la Mysterio. And that a place this match between Mandy and Sonya. 
So, uh, Brendan, what are your predictions for SummerSlam? What, how do you think this is all going to go? What are you most excited about? Well, I'm obviously going to be the most excited of the SummerSlam to see that uh, that tag team championship match because mm-hmm. uh, the Street Profits are a great matchup for them. Win or lose, I know we're going to get a good match out of that one. So uh, that is the one that I know because uh, it's we're not they're not constrained by television anymore, so they're going to let them actually wrestle a fun match. Yeah, I think it's going to be amazing. I predict it's not going to end in a uh, in in a a clean win and i think there's going to be a disqualification or something else because again we have another mm-hmm. pay-per-view in a week yeah and yes, i think that payback yeah i think that's going to play into that because there's a lot to this story um, i mean and if anybody does win it's going to be the andrade and garza are going to win so that it uh, there it sets up the payback next week but i don't think that's that's less likely to happen in my mind I just don't know who there's left for Street Profits to face if they win. Yeah. Like They've kind of gone through mm-hmm. everybody, so I feel like this is more for the moment. But I can also see where uh, you know a dirty finish plays out into payback, or maybe the payback mm-hmm. leads to the Atomico-style match with Bianca oh. Belair and Zelina Vega. That's what I really want. Even if they have to do like the mixed tag team on Facebook watch where, you know, men wrestle yeah. men and women wrestle women. I did some research on that. And in my understanding, it's part of their like contract with Mattel toys that men won't lay hands on the women, that that's, that's part <laughs> of their deal. So that's why they're so pushy about those rules. So, but even if those are the rules, that would be, a really entertaining match. And I think it mm-hmm. would be a great way to add something special and unique and must watch to pay back. Absolutely. And we also have the Ray Mysterio, Seth Rollins match, the street fight announced. Yes. Uh, Miranda, what do you think is going to happen with the street fight? Man, that's a lot. I, I'm looking forward to this match just because of how the story over the past few months. Um, you know, this has really pushed Dominic to be more aggressive, more violent, and I hope it kind of culminates here. You know, I, I, I mean, we saw how brutal he was, how brutally he was attacked. Um, a few weeks ago with that kendo stick. I mean, he came prepared this week with multiple kendo sticks. You know, Seth Rollins has personally attacked him and his father for months now. Um, So my hope is that we get to see a side of Dominic that really shows his aggression um, and his tenacity. I think those are two things that will really draw me into it. And You know, it will be interesting to see Seth Rollins on uh, maybe the other side of a beating. We've seen him now Mm -hmm. for many years be the up-and-comer, to be the the new star. Now he's making a star out of someone. So that's really fascinating. Um, And it's an interesting story for him, too, like in his long-term storyline, that he went from being the up-and-comer to the guy who makes the up-and-comers. Yeah, um, I'm I'm very interested in how this goes. I'm curious as to how violent it may get. I, I don't imagine it's going to get too intense like we saw at Extreme Rules, but I'm sure there's going to be moments. And I hope we see that in Dominic's face. I hope we just get glimpses in his face that show his anger towards Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Like that it will be key for, for me. He's been very good at that. Like uh, when yeah. we were... When we were a little down on Ray's mic spots, that was uh, he was always the kind of the 
the shining spot in that where he was showing much more emotion. Oh my gosh, and especially as a beginner, you know, I mean, this is only his second storyline. It'll be his first singles match. I think it's brilliant to put him in a street fight match. It kind of highlights any strengths he has, but it hides any weaknesses in the ring because it's Mm -hmm. a street fight match. And uh, I'm excited to see. Uh, Apparently after this, we're going to get to see Dominic with some Familia Mysterio style gear and possibly a mask and... Hayashi posted on Instagram that he had made something for Dominic, you know, kind of a cryptic post. And (laughs) so it's it's getting exciting. And I I, rumors online where that's why Ray's clothes or his, you know, gear rather and his mask and everything had kind of switched it up a little and were a little more street style, had some influence from Off-White and Supreme and different brands was that Dominic was kind of introducing that so that when they, spun him off it would make a little more sense for his character oh. to be his style and so i thought that was really a cool That's perspective a nice and yeah. yeah and I, we also have the apuestas match the sonia oh. deville and mandy <laughs> yeah. Rose. i, oh, I don't yeah. see how there's any way sonia deville wins this match but you know i'm excited for it anyway it's been quite a while since they've had Versus hair match, especially for women in the WWE. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> um, I think but, Molly Holly was the last one I can remember. Uh, that's the last lady I can remember. And yeah. the, last, the last hair match that I remember was CM Punk. So I'm like, in general, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. been a while. Yeah. I, I, I look forward adds, to the corrections. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. No, I, I think <laughs> that adds, though. I mean, the fact that we don't see this often. And it's between uh, two women that have had their own storytelling uh, that was pretty mm-hmm. lengthy um, over the past few months. I think it's a it's a great way to add to it. And who knows if this is the final match between them as well. Um, I predict, I, I agree, I don't foresee Mandy's hair being cut any shorter than it is now. Mm-hmm. But I also think how badass would Sonya Deville look with a buzz cut? Oh my gosh, yeah. Gives me I mean, G-I-G put her on Raw Underground, already. shave her head, yeah. put her on Raw Underground, and make her be like the baddest boss in the whole place. You know, like mm-hmm. have her take out guys, everything. Like that's what I want to see. Yeah. And, so yeah, I I uh, I'm gonna save my prediction for just a second here. One of the things I wanted to say about this is this is uh, even though we you know this is not two lucha trained wrestlers, this is a very lucha storyline. Yeah. Like the the men coming in and out of the this match that have absolutely nothing to do with the the what the match we wound up with. <laughs> um, the you know the interpersonal feelings that are you know, kind of all over the place and then ending in in this uh, brutal brutal style match like this is going to be this if you are looking for authentic lucha content on the WWE mm-hmm. this is actually more authentic than the lucha house party has been. Yeah, that's, that's surprisingly authentic. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think even they would agree right now that they're just not in a very lucha storyline. And uh, yeah, that's true. Oh, and we also have Thunderdome. How can I forget Thunderdome? <laughs> and if you haven't seen the video yet, it's a 360 degree video screen made out of LED screens all the way around the ring. You're going to watch on your computer, your tablet. You watch the feed live on your computer, and it puts you in the crowd 
on the screen is a fan. So the, the select few that signed up and got in will be on TV in front of 2 million people on Friday night SmackDown. That's uh, what do you guys think of the Thunderdome? Do you think it's going to, I, I think the possibilities are endless for it, especially during the matches, even without fans, the visuals they could add would mm-hmm. be incredible. Um, like the House of Horrors match that they tried several years ago that mm-hmm. didn't work with fans. Fans just crapped all over it. With something mm-hmm. like this in a you know a closed setting, I think they could really do something interesting. So I'm excited to see what the Thunderdome brings. So one of the things that I was thinking about is uh, some people were saying that they don't think mainstream fans would are reacting well to the noise being pumped in, like like other like triple a was doing and other promotions and other sporting events mm-hmm. but if you've got these fans who have a microphone on you don't have to pump in noise you can just have them talking and it may it will sound very different but it will be all authentic noise and that's yeah. you know mm-hmm. a fantastic possibility yeah it's still wwe though so you never know whose <laughs> mics are going to bring up and down you know i mean it's they're, they're oh, yeah. a product. They, they have, you know, products yeah, to, cool. to uh, uh, uphold. But I think the concept is very cool, you know, to have fans come in. I've seen some of the preliminary uh, video or video or images because they did a test run uh, earlier today, mm-hmm. I believe. And yeah. so there's some preliminary images up. And that in and of itself is very cool. And it's just a, it's a way to reengage with fans, you know. I mean, I'm um, sure yeah. I, I, I – like – Fans are excited to even be part of this, to, so it's it's a great way to re-engage fans to have that live, uh, you know, noise and feedback back in the weekly shows, um, and it's something very different than what other companies have have even done. Um, there's there's really no other, there's no way that you know, say the NBA or NHL could do to the capacity of what WWE is doing. So big news to them. Yeah, that, it's an exciting concept. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, Vince McMahon has been in a much better mood since they they signed the deal on this, so maybe that'll help us see some better WWE product, too. Oh, that'd be exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I used my outside voice on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, your outside voice? I think your outside voice is my inside voice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so a, a big weekend ahead with uh, SummerSlam coming on Sunday night. We hope that you all watch. And you know we're going to be talking about it uh, on next week's edition of uh, the uh, Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. So make sure you stay tuned. Uh, but also happening this weekend on Saturday, uh, we also have some other big shows happening. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, lots, I mean, we'll get to it in a little bit, but let's do uh, our weekly review of AEW. Yeah, uh, we'll start with Dark. Uh, we had a fair amount of Lucha action on Dark this week, starting with a great match between the Hybrid 2 and the Initiative. Uh, this was a really, really good match with a fair amount of storytelling for both teams. The Hybrid 2 got their win and keep getting better every week as they keep kind of shaking off the rust, and the Initiative got their 10th loss in a row uh, which has kind of been their story is that they lose but they look good when they lose and uh, uh, Angelico and Jack Evans continued to prove that physics just don't matter to them and I hope now that they've gotten a couple wins in their pockets we'll see them on Dynamite 
perhaps against the Lucha Bros. That's a match I would love to see on Dynamite. Oh, man, It'd yeah. It'd be a real barn burner. And uh, mm-hmm. speaking of the Lucha Bros, we got them with Butcher and Blade defeating Private Party in the tag division of SCU. These are four incredible tag teams that all work mm-hmm. great in whatever match they're in. So you knew going into it that this was going to be a good, solid match. Um, mm-hmm. Butcher and Blade already had a better record than Lucha Bros, so I was disappointed to see them getting the win by pinning Christopher Daniels. But I relish any opportunity to see the Lucha Bros, especially in a match as strong as this one. But and then, that that win did add story to them too, because the Lucha Bros were clearly unhappy with that and left the ring. So even yes. even that moment of why are these guys who don't need this getting the win actually is feeding into the Lucha Bros being possibly bigger and meaner in the tag division. Sorry, keep going. No, no, that's exactly it. I think they're trying to kind of give us that feeling, and I think they're going to go like super Rudo. I don't know what. It's going to be, but I'm excited to see it. You know, right? We've seen what Pentagon can do when you kind of push him a little, and so yeah. I'm and excited they... to see what he does now that he feels pushed. <laughs> right. And, and also on Dark, we had a very quick match between Black Baron and Tony Donati, who lost to Santana and Ortiz, the proud and powerful. And they also didn't have a great record. I think they have the same record as Lucha Bros. I think they're both seven and six. And uh, so it was nice to see them pick up a win. This is the kind of, you know, like quick match that I like to see. Usually they kind of milk it out, but it was really short and sweet. Uh, You know, I mean, they just came in and kicked ass and cleaned house and left. And it was awesome. Yeah, Yeah, it was really really effective and i like to see them mm-hmm. turning around like because we've been too. talking about they need more wins and they need to move into the, the tag team picture better so i like that direction it's, it's yes a them. serious meaner proud and powerful is so good like that's ugh, what i was excited for and at the time of our recording now, AEW Dynamite has not yet aired due to delays from the NBA, but it will air on Saturday evening. And they've mm-hmm. announced an eight-man tag match between Lucha Bros. And that should be a blend of Lucha and uh, Brawl and Hard and, and Pentagon, who does everything. And so it's really exciting to see what will come of that. And saving my favorite bit of AEW for last this week, we had the semifinals of the AEW Deadly Draw Women's yes. Tag Team Tournament. Yeah. The, the second match of the night featured Ivalice and Diamante versus Team TJ. I don't think that AEW was prepared for the popularity they would have in pairing Anna Jay and Tainara. Um, oh. The fan support was... And even my support was amazing and surprising. Like, even as a Lucha fan, I was like, well, I don't care who wins, you know, when I watched the match. Either way, I was going to be happy. And even if the final isn't a great match, this match was awesome. And even though I believe this in Diamante won, I was still really, really good with that. Like, this is a great match. It tells a great story. Um, we've talked about presentation before, and if they're planning to pair them more as a team, I wish they would come out in tandem with their flags. You know, the flags have the reversed colors, and Ivelisse mm-hmm. is very red, and Diamante is very, you know, navy blue, black. And so I think they could make an excellent tag team with some matching gear. 
And I do think they should be aligned and paired up after the amazing promo at the end of Deadly Draw. Oh, yeah. talked about how this was for their people, how they'd win by any means necessary. And Mm -hmm. I feel like now they're the baby faces in this situation. Well, they're absolutely the baby faces because Mm -hmm. they're going up against the team nobody wants to win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and and I can appreciate what what Brandy's trying to do with her character being kind of the extension of what I guess people think of, of she is as far as you know being conceited, uh, being really high on herself. She's really big on her own action figure now. So I, I mm-hmm. like how they're they're playing up on that. But I absolutely agree that Evilise and Diamante are looking more, like more of the faces because of the fact that they talked about their history just in wrestling. Um, and where that, that's where their aggression comes from. Um, and, and everything in their careers is leading them to this point. So it gets me really excited to see the finals, but also talking about, um, Anna Jay and, and Tay Conti. I mean, that was one too where no one expected them to have as good chemistry because they were two mm-hmm. very random, uh, competitors to be put together. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think that that's also a good sign that some of these random parents have gone really well. Um, and I think both, I mean, I've been very much on the release of the Amante train from day one, but mm-hmm. to that Anna Jay and the Conti match, I thought, okay, I would have been okay if this is where it ended for them. However, now that we're going into the finals, like that, there is only one conclusion that that <laughs> leads to. If they do not win, we're going to have a problem. I said it last yeah. week. I'm saying it today. I'll say it every day, you know, because I, I just, and I get it. This, this, this cup is more of a prop. You know, I mean, I don't think it will necessarily, it's not the end of the world, but you know, I think ultimately too, the big thing will be what happens afterwards. You know, I mean, AEW is still struggling with their women's division. Um, and even then, this is the first time that we're getting uh, probably, hopefully, a solid women's match on Dynamite. Now, I think there's still a lot of factors. How much airtime does this get, the quality of the match? A lot of that, too, will indicate how how, how much consideration the company is putting into their women's division for the future. True. It's true. And they're gonna, so, they have a unique platform here where they're, going, they're not going up. Well, they're kind of going up against competition. But they, as far as they're not going up against someone else that's on broadcast TV that day, so they yeah. uh, they have the ability to to see legit how how many viewers stay for that match. Yeah. And uh, I mean, from that perspective, I have to agree with the choice by putting Brandy and uh, and and Allie in there against a, a legit tag team. You have put. Uh, You've put the best sto- possible story forward, and you've uh, one of the best teams to make the other the the story team look good in there. So I mean, uh, if, if to to your your point there, if they give it the time, they give it a solid amount of time and let it breathe. I think we could have a match that wins fans over to wanting to watch more of the women's division. I and, do. Too. Uh, I I don't think that they knew just how popular, like we said earlier, that TJ were going to be. But uh, it, otherwise, that would have been an interesting – the match we got this week would have been an interesting one to let them do that. But because mm-hmm. they were meant to be a random team, uh, we got that last week, uh, this last week, and that was probably the match of the tournament. Although this next yeah. one has to be as good or we're going to – it's 
it's going to feel like a step back. Yeah. 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 And it yeah. would be different because Ali and, uh, um, uh, Brandy. oh my gosh. And Brandy, Brandy. are more, <laughs> like you said, the story, the comedy team, you know I mean? They're, yeah. they're match against big four and little four had a very different dynamic. So mm-hmm. it depends on what direction they want to go into. I think that if, if they actually put on a solid wrestling match, you can still have Brandy and Allie lose, but people still have respect for them, you know, mm-hmm. for the effort that they put into it. Or yeah. what we've also seen with AEW, you could go the comedy route. I think that they do, you know, rely on that a bit. And it can be fun, but I just think that it, it's really important that they really have a good match, that it's not too comedic, that it's not too short. You know, it's it's almost like you have to find all of the right elements and tune into that. Um, you have two, two very different teams as well. So you got to, you know, I think both are, are fine as far as, you know, playing on that, but you can't go too much, I think, in that direction or else you're going to have fans who think that they're just, oh, here they are again, not putting that much attention to the women's division. Yeah, no, that's and it, that's already people are predisposed to them thinking that. So yeah, you're, you're definitely having that kind of direction already. So to to my to what you were saying and to what I was alluding to, that's why this match, no matter what they do, whether they do it all comedy or they do it a, a hybrid comedy and and physical brute physicality. It has to be comparable to the match we got this week with the the KJ match, or it's fans are not going to accept this at all. Yeah, it's got to be at least as good, if not better. It's going to be dead in the water immediately. No matter how good it is, if it's not better, it'll be dead in the water. Yeah. Um, I did have an interesting observation that I wanted to make a mention of before we uh, move on to anything else. Uh, When they were they were hyping up the uh, Ivelisse Diamante team. They mentioned Ivelisse's long record of wrestling. They mentioned other promotions that she worked in, but they did not mention Lucha Underground. I noticed uh, that. I find that very interesting, seeing as ostensibly AEW has some sort of had some sort of relationship with AAA. So um, I may be looking into this too deep, but maybe that's an indicator of uh, things not going as, as smooth in that relationship if they're not willing to mention a AAA product and championship. Yeah, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah, they even mentioned Shimmer, but they didn't mention... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't mention Lucha Underground. Very interesting. And it's a, it's a different commentary team, so who knows? Maybe mm-hmm. uh, that that could be one reason, but, you know, yeah, let the conspiracy yeah. theories oh. begin. Why not? I, I, it's more fun for me to spout the conspiracy theories than to just say that was probably a minor oversight on the research team. <laughs> no, I mean, hey, you, you never know. You, we just gotta, that's what we do. We report things very objectively. <laughs> so, again, we still have AEW happening on Saturday. Uh, due to the NBA uh, taking over some time this week. Today, AEW Dynamite, lots of great things uh, happening there. Yeah. I do also uh, want to throw out uh, some Internet uh, rumors or rumblings or uh, just uh, a fan base uh, really growing mm-hmm. uh, with Mio Muertes. Um, he's posted uh, on social media. Yeah, uh, he's done a lot of... To- want to challenge Cody Rhodes for the TNT championship. There's photoshops of him wearing the belt on Instagram, on his Instagram. So yeah, he's, he's all in on this one. 
And yeah, I would so love to knows? see I mean, it. We've seen it before with Warhorse, enough of an internet rumbling and mm-hmm. internet uh, fan base that caught their attention. So who knows? But uh, I think, man, that would be a whole different world with Mil Muertes and Cody Rhodes uh, in a match. Oh, oh man. That would be so I, exciting. I, I'm there for that one for sure. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, you know, it's if they keep doing feeding feeding the internet darlings to to Cody, then we're gonna run out of of really big matchups to do really fast. So I hope that uh, that Mil Mortez gets in there, but I I, uh, I don't I don't want uh, this to get to get boring and see everybody run get run over by Cody either. Yeah. Oh, and there's also rumors about the women's match that Thunder Rosa may show up. Oh, uh, yes. How how dare we almost forget that? That's, yeah. Uh, yes. Oh, that yeah, was yeah. very important. That was the big one. That's, yeah. I mean that that's a dream match waiting to happen. You know, I mean, <laughs> we've seen Thunder Rosa has been vocal on social media about her desire to, uh, you know, when when Sheeta first had her own open challenge and said she'd be open to wrestling anyone, Thunder Rosa was one of the very first people who who called her out on that. So it would definitely make sense to see her uh, on um, on Dynamite. I mean, she is still currently the reigning NWA Women's Champion. Yeah. Um, and she's, I mean, yeah. she's just fantastic. And, and someone who could give uh, Hikaru Shida a fantastic match. So that's another oh, way. Yes. I mean, they really want to showcase, even though this would really be a one-off, but to have even dream matches in their women's division, that is, you know, I'm sold. If you want to talk about ways to elevate that product, that Having Sheeta and a cup, one or two of those dream matches really, really elevates the women's division. Yes. So who yeah, knows? Definitely. I mean, that's what's making the road to Saturday very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, who knew? We're, I mean, I, I believe it's going to be, I don't know what the time frame is, if it's going to be airing around the same time as TakeOver. Um, but we could, you know, have our own Saturday Night Wars instead of Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah. That's pretty what interesting. People are kind like, of commenting on, but I, I, when I was trying to find out what the timelines looked like today, so that I could decide if I was going to go into work or not, I couldn't find that answer quickly. So it, it looks like Dynamite is going to be going up against the like the pre-show, the kind of first hour of Takeover, okay. from what I could tell. And I like the idea of the competing entertainment like that because WCW used to do Clash of Champions on cable when WWE would have some of their bigger pay-per-views. And as a kid who couldn't afford pay-per-views, I loved Clash of the Champions. So 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 Saturday Night Dynamite definitely has a Clash of the Champions feel for me. And I like that. Well, speaking of NXT, this week uh, they were unopposed, so we didn't have any Wednesday Night Wars, but we did have another great episode of NXT. This was the go-home show uh, before TakeOver 30 that's happening this Saturday. Um, and as far as on Lucha Libre content, uh, two pretty big, um, well, multiple actually, if you want to count a, a few things here and there. We had Raquel Gonzalez come back after a little bit of a hiatus joining Dakota Kai, um, which that actually made a lot of sense. You know, mm-hmm. NXT is more subtle in their storytelling. And for someone who really likes storytelling, I can appreciate that because mm-hmm. especially, uh, you know, we've noted that 
you know, uh, with Dakota or with uh, Raquel Gonzalez's presence, you know, we weren't really sure what that meant for Dakota Kai. And it sounds like it was all intentional to give uh, Io Shirai a false sense of security before heading into Saturday. Um, and yeah, Raquel Gonzalez came back with a vengeance. Uh, oh, yeah. to to be there for Dakota Kai. So I think for a lot of people who are originally counting Dakota Kai out, if Raquel Gonzalez does come out with uh, her um, on Saturday, that helps even the odds. Mm-hmm. I am excited for that one. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, of course, we also had a tag match, Mercedes Martinez and Aaliyah versus uh, Shotzi Blackheart and... Um, why are things blanking on me this week? <laughs> um, Real Ripley. Um, yes. So uh, another great women's. I mean, that's a part we talked about. You know, AEW and their challenges in their women's division. That's something that NXT has down flat. Uh, mm-hmm. So some uh, interesting lucha libre uh, content uh, there. Um, but the two big things I want to point out for this week was first off the carrying cross video package, um, the, the promo so work leading to take over 30 against this match, uh, with Keith Lee for the NXT championship was ridiculous. Oh, like, so good. So good. <laughs> So good, like mm-hmm. I, 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 I think NXT that formula is. I just don't really see it ever in a cinematic quality. They, they do a lot of great uh, referencing of story and history, and they use a lot more in ring footage. But this one was different. It's like a movie trailer, yeah, and I it just was. it didn't. It felt like it would have been at home with um, any action movie almost. Like it was really yeah. incredible. Beautiful. It's so good. Like it really does build up, and it was very good, very carrying cross oriented. Um, but you also had some really good glimpses of Keith Lee's power. Like in the ring, he is so versatile. I mean, he is a, a, a both a, a, um, has great agility and strength and speed. You know, and they highlighted that a bit in the video package, but. Just Karen Cross and Scarlett as this dark force. I mean, within NXT, it's just, it, it was beautiful. Uh, if you have not watched it, you know, not now because we're still doing the show, but later <laughs> when we're done listening to the show, go on YouTube, you know, find it. It's, it's a work of art. It's really, really yeah. good. And I think it's really selling this matchup uh, between him and Keith Lee for Saturday in an amazing way. And I think it's, you know, maybe more of that we see in NXT. Who knows? Um, but especially the way they presented Karrion Cross over the past few months, a big mm-hmm. kudos to NXT because they really have always utilized their, uh, the talent in, you know, more of a traditional format of storytelling. This is the first time you're taking almost a supernatural element in NXT, which we're not used to seeing. Yeah. Um, and they've pulled it off very, very well. Indeed. Now, Miranda, did you see the um, the kind of controversial advertisements that were happening this week that people are trying to spin as maybe being spoilers? No, that I have not. Okay. Well, there's a picture of Karrion Cross with the NXT Championship belt floating around. And originally, oh, wow. originally it had been placed as an ad for uh, going to WWE shop uh, to go buy replica belts, right? So this is people were thinking, okay, that, that 
he's got his fake belt on. But then uh, there was another spot, another ad that they have since pulled where they were saying, this is your, your chance to, to buy uh, your Carrion Cross merchandise. And it was the same picture. Oh. And the fact that they have pulled the picture makes me think more that it was a mistake as opposed to just kind of a funny little here's here he is with a champion with the NXT champion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's well, exciting. That's what, that's what happened with Keith Lee when he won uh, right? the, the NXT championship is that that was that picture was leaked online. And the same thing, people thought, well, NXT, you know, they tend, they sometimes record other endings, you know. They, they did that more in a live setting, I guess, but that turned out to be the fact. So mm-hmm. that could yeah. well be, you know, what we see is that they're more intentional now with these types of things. And we could, you know, carrying Cross as your new NXT champion on Saturday. Well, I, I feel like that's what they need to do. So much as I would love to see a longer run for Keith Lee, Putting Karrion Cross in as this super dominant force that just rose immediately up to the top mm-hmm. and having him, like you said, with this kind of almost supernatural hold on it for a little while is uh, so good and so unique for NXT that you just are compelled Definitely. to watch that. Yep. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like, if, if I don't know that they've ever had a supernatural NXT. Nope. It's always yeah. been very rooted and very grounded. <laughs> like uh, it, uh, you had Dust- mm-hmm. Rick Flair and Dusty Rhodes as some of the original instructors, and they liked that Southern style, which is very, mm-hmm. very oh, yeah. about brawling and brutal, brutal tactics, and not uh, not the, the what is that the hokey stuff, as I believe the the term yeah. they used. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the supernatural elements. I think it adds a fun, exciting thing. The Undertaker, you know, like on paper, the Undertaker sounds kind of dumb, but mm-hmm. you had somebody that could make it so cool. And Carrion yeah. Cross is so cool. And right. so I really think what he can do and bring to the title scene, he just looks like a monster. And Absolutely. I mean, he, he's he's got a, the look of the guy. And so I'm excited to see him as champion. I, I'm excited to see what they do with this. Yeah. yeah. Especially through that NXT lens. I think the Supernatural thing could be really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Also happening on this week's NXT, uh, we did have a three-on-three uh, Legado de Fantasma went up against uh, Fandango, Tyler Breeze, and Isaiah Swerve Scott. Um, a really fast-paced, great match um, with uh, Ijo de Fantasma uh, getting the pin um, over Tyler Breeze. Uh, so that, you know, there was a bit of a, a mix-up. Uh, Isaiah Flair Scott at one point looked like he had the win, but he was not the legal man. So, you know, Legado de Fantasma capitalized on that confusion. And uh, overall, again, uh, another strong showing for Legado de Fantasma. They Mm -hmm. also do have their own T-shirts out on Um, Mm WWEshop.com. Individual um, Santos Escobar, Raul Mendoza, and Joaquin Wilde have their own individual shirts, um, which all are in alignment with that flow and color scheme and logo of Legado de Fantasma. Very cool. They're beautiful shirts. Yeah. I have a last-minute edition on this too. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dove, or I'm sorry, uh, Santos Escobar is going to have <laughs> a uh, an a Twitter 
question uh, ask me anything for an hour before the pre-show on uh, on Saturday. Oh. So on if you go on Twitter and uh, you do the hashtag Ask Santos, uh, he will answer many of your questions. Oh, yeah. exciting! Yeah, a great opportunity for fans to uh, connect with the current crew, NXT Cruiserweight Champion Santos Escobar. Yeah. Um, speaking of of the pre-show, we did get an announcement. Um, after this week's NXT, that there is going to be a triple threat tag team match uh, to become the number one contenders for the NXT uh, tag team championship. The winners will be facing Imperium. Um, we have Legado de Fantasma, specifically Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild versus Brizango, Tyler Breeze, and Fandango versus only Lorcan and Danny Birch. Ooh. So uh, we, were, we were curious as to what Santos Escobar was going to be doing or the guy that Fantasma would be doing um, for NXT TakeOver. Um, we have some answers now with this uh, yeah. t- triple threat match uh, for the pre-show. We could see yeah. all the gold going to Legato de Fantasma. That's hey, and that oh, would not be a exciting? bad idea. Really, because yeah. when I look at everyone in this match so far, who has the best odds? I mean, Raul and Joaquin. I mean, they have momentum Definitely. on their side, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean that also. I mean, would be a fantastic matchup them against Imperium. Like, uh yeah, uh, stop it, stop it, NXT, <laughs> just stop it. <laughs> and by stop, I mean keep on going. This is good stuff. Yeah, more, <laughs> more. <laughs> more, more of this stuff. NXT. I mean the opposite. Um, so yes, I mean, we have some really interesting stories heading into, uh, take over 30, uh, as we talked about with the other shows, we will definitely be talking about the events from take over 30 on next week's Lucha Central weekly podcast. So make sure you stay tuned. Uh, but next we have Brendan sharing with us some important CML information that's developed, uh, over the past week regarding their iPay-per-view. Um, yeah. So the CML has, has, uh, announced that they are going to have an iPay-per-view, uh, set of, of events. They're going to have four events, uh, uh, as we discussed last week, I believe, uh, that's September, that's four, it's four weeks in a row ending with the anniversary. They announced the pricing this week. Uh, it is going to be, for the time being, it is $5 for a single event, or you can get all four events for approximately $17. This is uh, my and my I, conversion yeah. rate. And I think the anniversary show itself is actually $10 if you don't buy it yes. in the package. Yes. That was, I was, you caught, caught me right before I was going back for that. Oh, yeah. sorry. I'm, I apologize. No <laughs> nope. It's better to have it there. I love it. Yeah. So the, the, it's approximately $10 for just the anniversary. So if you want the anniversary, it's probably worth the money to, to get the other three and maybe watch them, mm-hmm. or maybe not. Um, the, the, that is the trick that I needed to lead into though. These are all video. These are all, uh, live events only. No video on demand is happening. So. Uh, if you miss a Friday night show, you just miss that Friday night show. And if you paid five bucks for it, they're uh, probably not going to feel very bad for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, so choose your choose carefully. I already bought all four. I have no problem making sure that I say no to any work commitments on those Friday nights. But uh, if you're out there thinking you might want to do it. Uh, be aware that there's not going to be a video on demand and uh, money right now is precious to a lot of people. So choose your, your money carefully. I I do have one other CMLL story real quick. 
Um, well, very prominent women's wrestler Dallas uh, was named one of the 100 most powerful women in Central America by Forbes magazine. Uh, just kind of an interesting thing. This was the first year that they allowed uh, doctors, entertainers, and uh, a couple of other categories to uh, to to be in the voting. And in the first year that happened, she she made the list and. And an interesting little twist, she didn't even know she was on the list until someone on social <laughs> media congratulated her. So uh, that was, uh, that was, I thought that part of it was especially cute, that she's not, yeah. like, uh, she's not Googling herself, or, or, and she didn't have uh, a, a press package released for, for this or anything. She's just like very excited that it happened, uh, especially since uh, Lucha Libre is not very popular. In uh, in the country she comes from, uh, so Panama. Yeah. Panama. Panama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I you you all detected my looking for it rapidly on the notes here, but you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's not. She's super excited that that she got that because that's uh, any form of recognition from Panama and that region of of Central America is is uh, a lot more rare for her. Um, She's a major superstar in Mexico, but who the hell? What you wrestle for a living? Are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she was Uh, only uh, on on her social media. She pointed out she was uh, one of seventeen Panamanians uh, listed in that list. So uh, that was one. Yeah, so uh, that was also a pretty. uh, She's very proud of that. Uh, That was uh, on her Instagram. So uh, big congratulations to her. Absolutely. Um, I, I huge, huge congratulations to her. Uh, she's somebody that I have been following for a while, and she's uh, good friends with some people that I know. So good news for her is just good news for like my wrestling family. So congratulations. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, congratulations. Okay. Thank you very much. And now we, it's time. It's time. We are going into our interview. With yeah. Don Verde, the, <laughs> I mean, really, that's, there's so many other nicknames. I'm going to take some of those for, for maybe next week's introduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is AAA Super Estrellas, AAA Superstar. Also, you probably some people have seen him on, on the U.S. independent scene. Uh, he's been out on the, the Mexican independent scene as well. Um, someone that we are very excited to have the very first English language interview with Mr. Iguana. Uh, uh, the Lucha Central Weekly podcast team was able to catch up with him recently, and we were able to, you know, have a really great open conversation interview with him. Um, just learning more about his history, uh, you know, his his goals, his style and approach to Lucha Libre, as well as some of his social media content, um, which is very, very hilarious. Uh, and very fun to uh, watch and observe. So go ahead and enjoy part one of our interview with Mr. Iguana. Welcome back to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. We have a very special guest with us this week. He has wrestled for U.S. promotions such as CCW and AWS, but fans are more likely familiar with his work with one of the biggest Lucha Libre companies in Mexico, AAA. It's not easy being green, but with his unique look and style of Lucha Libre, he makes it look good. 
And he is more than likely, though I can't confirm it yet, he is more than likely being accompanied to this interview by his trusty lizard sidekick, La Yesca. Please welcome to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, Mr. Iguana. Oh, hello. There, La Yesca is here with me, too, so... You were right. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie. Part of the reason we really wanted this interview was for La Yesca. We, we cannot <laughs> see La Yesca because this is audio, but I had a feeling that uh, La Yesca comes with you everywhere, in the ring, in your interviews, traveling. So I figured uh, that La, La, La Yesca would be with you today. She's the one that got the contract. I chose the guy that moved her. <laughs> I, I, I travel... I travel in a cage, and she travels at first first class. Oh, there it is. She yes. has, she's actually the, the brains behind the, your deal. Of course. Uh, and Iguana Puppet, it's the one that got the contract. Like Conan says, I'm going to give the contract to the puppet. You, nah, <laughs> no me sirve. <laughs> but but, but you're, you guys are ideal. You guys are, you know, a team. So, of course, that, that's why uh, you guys work so well together. It's, the, it's one and the other. You can't have La Yesca without Mr. Iguana, and you cannot have Mr. Iguana without La Yesca. You couldn't say it better. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, welcome so much to our show. We are all very excited to talk with you this week. We are all big fans. Every time we see you uh, on our screens, we all have smiles on our faces. We can't help but laugh and enjoy ourselves um, when we get to see you on television. Um, but I want to take kind of a, a step back first and ask you a little bit more about, you know, uh, your early time in Lucha Libre. And I wanted to ask, what are some of your earliest memories of Lucha Libre? And did any of that influence you to want to become a luchador? Well, my first uh, memories were when I watched AAA since I was a kid with my grandpa. And AAA had this, like, um, Rey Mysterio Jr. Uh, first beginnings as La Lagartija. So La, La Lizard. <laughs> so that was the first character Rey Mysterio Jr. had before the Colibri. So it's like, oh, like a lizard. That idea came into my head. Then uh, I watched uh, La Parca, Psicosis, Octagon, and I started to, uh, to grow. And in 2005, I had like a student interchange. I live in Missouri and United States. So 2005, Eddie Guerrero dies. And this is very, a very hard, hard news because I, I like a lot Eddie Guerrero. So they give. Uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. wins the championship, the World Heavyweight Championship in WrestleMania in 2006. That makes uh, Rey Mysterio increasingly popular in Mexico. So Mexico, then WWE, becomes uh, popular in Mexico again because Rey Mysterio is champion. So when this trend, uh, they open a lucha school in my city in Culiacán. Like, you can try and lucha here with the locals. So that's the, my first approach and started training at 2008 and I debuted 2024, July 24, at 2009. Yes. And since then, I mean, we have seen you all over, uh, the internet, uh, promotions in the U.S. and, um, the, uh, and of course in, in Mexico with AAA, um, you signed with them earlier this year. What did it mean for you to, to sign with AAA after watching them as a kid? Well, it was mind blowing. You know, 
uh, watching it as a kid and then I'm part of the of the biggest company in Mexico of Lucha Libre and also to be with the most elite talent you can say that that because I wrestled like 11 years in the independent with uh, CML um, Nacion Lucha the crash with all the promotions in Mexico uh, some indie promotions in the United States and AAA uh, they have like the 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 most uh, wanted talent. So being in there is like, wow, I'm part of the, the bigger thing here. And it's important for me also because the, my character changed. At the time I entered uh, AAA, my character morphed into something else. Uh, it's the same essence, but I changed like uh, my gimmick Change a little bit more. I use more La Yesca. I became more like a comic, mm-hmm. comic gimmick, like a Cassidy in AW, like La Parca did. Um, try to do more comedy because that's the, like the concept and the role I have in this promotion now. So it's very mind blowing for me. They go, and now in AAA and this is my role. This is my, my character. What inspired your like moves and your mannerisms? Because you really move and man, you, like you, you, it's very much like an iguana and so unique to wrestling and lucha libre. Well, uh, the first was like the iguanas because where I live in Culiacan, there's a lot of iguanas, and it's the only animal you can see when they became prey. They jump, they skydive, and the, the way they skydive. They make a plancha like um, pose. If you see one as landing, you see like when luchadors take planchas, they open their arms and their legs so they can, can they can't get hurt if they fall too high. So luchadors are the same. So, cool. so I like a lot like doing the same thing. Okay, one is the only animal here in Mexico that looks like a luchador. If you put a mask on an iguana, <laughs> <laughs> so I like I like it a lot. And then I said, well, but I don't want a mask. What can I say? What can I do? And when I started looking, there was one wrestler that inspired me a lot in his mannerisms and in his moves. And that's the great Mota, the great Muta, Keiji oh, Muta, yeah. because he paints his face, mm-hmm. but he not only paints his face, because there's people that paint his face like Sting, like Ultimate Warrior, Jeff Hardy. But the great Muta had like these facial uh, expressions. They, he didn't see too much. He didn't say too much. He didn't. Uh, say words. He just had this face that changed with with emotions. He looked angry. He looked mysterious. The way he do the flashing elbow, the the, the way he does the moonsault, it's like uh, uh, some character, some 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 type of uh, animal. So when I watched this, I became very excited to do a character that can do like an iguana and be this. Uh, you can't say acting, but. Um, a way of I don't know I, I can't I don't know what the word is in English. <laughs> yeah, no, I I totally understand. That's that makes perfect sense. That's incredible. I I love that story. Oh, and, the, and the moves, the moves, uh, you can say it's a mixture. And I like a lot of um, doing grappling because I do grappling. I do jujitsu, so I, I like a lot of grappling. But when they hey, they have to be a, a high flyer. Uh, Dragon Kid, it's one of the, my biggest inspiration in moves. So uh, all that Dragon Arana, the Crucifix Driver, and all the things that Dragon Kid does, I do them, but with another, uh, with my touch, 
with my touch because it's very yeah. it's very difficult. Yes. Yeah. I I love it. Uh you uh you mentioned that you are taking on more of the the comedy aspect role and we were just talking about how you have the mannerisms. Uh I was uh kind of curious if there's uh if if uh the your if there was any inspiration in that and how you kind of evolved into more of a, a comedy character or just uh, you were told one day you had to do it and you just kind of did it. Mm, no, it's, I think this is the original part for me because, uh, well, I watch a lot of comedy in, in wrestling. Mm -hmm. uh, one time I, when I wrestled CCW like two years ago, uh, one day before we fight it in a, performing a promotion called New Fight Pro in, Philly mm -hmm. and they had like kaiju monsters fighting they had they have a uh, Jordan Oliver fighting Shark Saber Jr and it's a infla <laughs> an inflatable shark <laughs> and the shark was over always so <laughs> and and then the main event was Rat Real against uh Bill Avery or something like that a guy that's thinner than me and Matt Real kicked the shit out of him and then the guy <laughs> then the guy became super powerful and did a choke slam on Matt Real. So when this show was nuts and, and I started to, um, to understand the, the style of American wrestling or the style of gimmicks, the comedy wrestling is not always, uh, how you say it's not always, they can, they can't get you bored. And in Mexico, there's comedy, but you can't be all comedy because. Uh, people in Mexico are like more bloodhounds. No, they they like they like blood. They got uh, they love high flying dives. Yeah. So when I started comedy here, it's my essence because I'm I'm trying to do comedy all my all my all my career. I've been like a comedy wrestler because I always lose. I always uh, they kick the shit out of me because I'm very small or thin, Aww. and I always make faces. So it's like a cartoonish cartoonish way of being of seeing lucha for me. I uh, like natural libre and you know it's all comic, all all nothing mm -hmm. serious. At the moment I want to wrestle serious, well I it will be like a championship or something like that, a one on one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But doing comedy is what makes me original because it's you're giving the people different things. You know, you're giving pe yeah. the people you're not giving them Canadian destroyers, you're not giving them um a poison recoranas or giving them topes and no, you're giving them something different. And people laugh because they don't know what what they're gonna see. Yeah. For example, no. for example, the Jessica. When I came out with Jessica, I started to throw it to people, and people there's no uh, a script or there's not a, a something written that says, "Hey, you get to get back the one a puppet to the ring. You have to throw it back." No, sir. People throw it back naturally. I didn't. I didn't tell them. I didn't tell them. <laughs> hey, throw back that. No, they naturally throw. They wanted to the ring. So the Rudos grab the puppet and throw it to the people. And then next time they, they want to get back at three seconds later. So people start, <laughs> people start laughing. No, it's people. So this is the magic of, of Lucha. This is the magic of the, of the character that the, the magic of being connected with people instead of doing the same thing because you're working for them or you're not working for you. If you're working for you, like, ah, oh, look at me. My character is stronger than everybody. Look at me, I can do a uh, moonsault press with a corkscrew. But people will say, oh, that's, that's cute because there's a, like a hundred Westerners that do the same thing. But they see a guy with a face painted green with an iguana puppet. There's no other like that. 
and they laugh. True, it's true. <laughs> very, very true. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of your unique look and approach to lucha libre, uh, something that I think has gotten a lot of attention as well is your social media presence and how. Uh, your look and your messaging and your content has just spread throughout social media, especially to say like an American audience like ours, you've gotten a lot of recognition for your work and who you are, especially with promoters. Can you share with us a little bit about your philosophy and strategy behind your social media um, and, and how you've been using that as a tool to help, uh, you know, share your work with others? Well, first of all, um, I have to say you have to first trust in your work because there was a time when I only have like local wrestling, no? like my, in on my state or like in very few local parts, uh, local bookings. So when I started to uh, trust my work, like I always uh, wrestle like. In the first or second match, but the people was the one that loved it most. And they like, they always cheer me up, cheer me and the note, not the, the same event or the main event. So I say, promoters, I put in my Facebook. If you bring me to your, if you book me and your show and I, and you don't like my work and people don't cheer me and people don't like my work, I will pay you back my plane, my hotel and my, my fee for wrestling. And that bet was taken by a lot of promoters in Facebook and I never lost the bet. Mm-hmm. Since then, I never lost the bet. Oh, so, I believe that. Uh, that's the reason they like start to uh, fly me to Mexico, to Monterrey, to Tijuana. And there was a time when they started to do it. Uh, there was a promoter called Riot, Riot Wrestling in, in, in Monterrey. And there was this, uh, these guys that love wrestling too, uh, this Rob Viper and Lucha Block, these guys from Twitter and, and they watch me there and they're like, well, they can start to create gossip too. They, hey, this, this guy called Mr. Iwana exists. There's a guy that exists. <laughs> it's called Mr. Iwana and does this, this, this. So they start to spread the word. And also in other promotions, they start to spread the word. This guy made a bet and never lost. So I started to work with, with that, uh, in my social media presence, like doing videos. I studied um, communications degree, so I have uh, I worked in a radio for ten years. I worked in, in some kind of television. I, I did some audio in, in some local films, so I know exactly when, how to make video, how to make communication in screen, how to make um, audios. So I try to do all these things I learned in my degree in my career and mix it with lucha libre. So there's these platforms like Twitter, like um, Facebook, Instagram, uh, most recently TikTok that I don't like that much, but my, <laughs> my main, my main, um, how you say audience are mm-hmm. kids. Yes. And it's insane how many kids are in TikTok. It's insane. And like I can, up, I can upload Jessica doing it. some scrambled eggs and have like 10,000 views. It's insane. <laughs> and if I do a video of, of personal defense, I did like a, Last week, a defense, personal defense video with a woman, and I uploaded in YouTube and, and Instagram and, and that stuff. And they have uh-huh. not that many views. Like, whoa, this world is crazy. <laughs> you had to be innovating for different yeah. audiences, like uh, for kids to uh, learn or to laugh, for the older people 
the older fans that I have, for example, I have a, a podcast in Spotify that is in Spanish called Recién Horneado, just baked in English. <laughs> and it's <laughs> from music and, and other adult yeah. things, another 420 related things. And, and in Instagram and other stuff, I try to be more like my person. So uh, my advice to wrestlers most of the time is being original, being original and focus your work because all the wrestlers are like uh, in all the, in all their uh, platforms, the same message, the same photo, the same. So people that follow you in that, like uh, the same thing. But if you do different audiences, different things, different videos or different targets, you will get different reactions and you will get the word spread. For example, um, there was this uh, entrance that got viral. Oh, uh, yeah. That I got viral. <laughs> I, I know the one. <laughs> so that show, that show was called 420. And there was like all the wrestlers were like messing around. When we wrestle in Riot, uh, we are like very happy. It's a lot of uh, indie talent in Mexico and United States. So the, this there is Latigo for AAA and says, hey, you should come out with this song that it's a, a trend. Like I will do it if all the locker room comes with me. <laughs> and we did it, but we didn't expect to be so viral. <laughs> I didn't expect to be around the world dancing like that. So and it, it was unexpected, but that kind of things only happened in there because there was other promotions that started to say, hey, do the same entrance, do the same entrance. And like, no, man, I can't do the same entrance here <laughs> because people is different <laughs> in that in that place. And for example, if I do this entrance in, I don't know, PWG or um, CCW, AWS, uh, uh, any United States promotion, it will work. But if I do it in Mexico in a small arena when in San Juan Pantitlan, people are like, hey, get my mom. They're like starting cursing. They're like, ah, oh, that's not serious. You clown. What are you doing? They're uh, denigrating Lucha Libre. And so there you have to do things for certain audiences. Not in every part they're going to take it. You know, it's like I'm going to do comic things in an in an extreme show, you know, <laughs> I'm not being, <laughs> I, will, I won't be hitting you with my Jessica in a Zona 23 show, you know. Uh, I've actually just saw your speaking of more extreme show. I saw your match that you uploaded with Chris Chris Bishop. Oh, um, to, on your YouTube channel, I loved that. Will we be getting to see you do any future work? With well, CZW? I would like. I have a, a very good relationship with DJ Hyde and and Michael Langa, my friends are there. Uh, whenever I I'm there, whenever AAA uh, has shows near, I don't know, maybe the Expolution that's close to Philly that time. I was able to. Yeah. I was. I'm always able. Like, yes. If I this was my house. CCW is my house there, so they have a good relationship with them. Anytime I there, they, they will book me. But that time was uh, last year before WrestleCon because it was close. CCW to CCW Dojo was was close to the WrestleCon in New York, so I came to visit, and I love because I I I have to do a, a master class with the students, and the next time the the CC Dojo show that they got, that the students got to, um, how you say, train with other guys or wrestle other guys that doesn't, they don't know. Chris Bishop was, um, he has another character that it's a lucha character with a mask. So when he is a uh, face, he does this character. When he's healed, he does this Chris Bishop character. So it helped him a lot to learn bass, helped him a lot to learn, understand lucha times because he was, uh, how do you say? 
when you were out of air, blown up. <laughs> he was blown up. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He even yes. saved me in the video. Like, hey, slow that bit down. And like, hey, that's the style. That's the style. Fast, fast. But it's, yeah. uh, we were doing American wrestling with Andy Brown last year in AWS. It was the same. I was doing only Lucha. And he was like, hey, hey, slow down. <laughs> Slow down, and and, and the, a day before he was in PWG, so he was very tired. Oh, I bet. Yeah, we uh, we have a phrase for that. We call that lucha cardio because lucha uh, cardio. Everybody, yeah, everybody oh, moves super fast in lucha, and it's because in Mexico City the air quality sucks, and it's like a very high place. So being in Mexico City and have cardio in Mexico City is very very strong. I live here in the north in, in Sinaloa, so it's in by the sea. So I don't have the same altitude as Mexico City. And when I wrestle Mexico City, guys are like, <gasps> blown up. <laughs> oh, it's hard. It's hard. It, uh, yeah, it's lucha is a very hard sport to uh, to even even in the best of conditions there by the ocean in Sinaloa. I'm sure you had to work very hard to, to keep up that pace. Yes, and not every, not not not, not only, not only like um, doing lucha, also receiving a lot of screaming. On last April that I wrestled um, Doctor Wagner, he was he and me that both we were tired because we weren't uh, we weren't having a. It was the time the pandemic was strong, so they, mm -hmm. we couldn't train the same way as we trained before. So. I mean, I don't know if he trained, but I didn't train a lot as hard as I was training when the pandemic wasn't there. So when I we were still together, and it was a small small match, like eight minutes or nine minutes, I, I felt very quick. But at the, uh, the end of the match, we were like, oh, "Damn, <laughs> damn, you still have it!" I say, <laughs> <laughs> "For being that old, you're fast." <laughs> Speaking of your match with uh, Dr. Wagner Jr., we saw uh, in April, who else uh, on the AAA roster do you want to fight next? It will be nice to have a one-on-one -on -one match with uh, Abu like Abismo Negro Jr. because I think he's uh, very, very talented. He's very talent-based. He needs just uh, he just needs the guy, the heel, the the face guy that can he can move so he can looks a lot. Um, I would like to challenge Daga too because I would like to have a, oh, yeah. a, grap a grappling contest because both we know jiu-jitsu. And it will be interesting yeah. if people will say, hey, that, that lizard knows how to lucha. <laughs> <laughs> he actually knows how to grapple. <laughs> That's amazing. And I would like also yes. a match against Pentagon because he's a, lot, a very good base. Very good base. I saw the match mm -hmm. against Bikingo and like, oh, he still got it too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. That, yes. That's like my three top Daga, Pentagon, and Apis Munero Jr. Also, Villano Tercero Jr., it's a very, very good wrestler. I think he's very underrated. He should be yeah. having more more time in screen because it's amazing that guy, how, how he likes to die. And he <laughs> <Yeah>. does <laughs> Yeah, he don't die. He don't die. So I like that that idea a lot because I like to die a lot too, <laughs> but I don't die. So, so we both will give a, a mutual suicide in in a match, but it will be cool. Yeah, it would be very cool. Yes, 
And that does it for part one of our interview with Mr. Iguana. If you'd like to learn more about him or follow him on social media, you can find him on Instagram at El Mr. Iguana. Uh, he is out Mr. Iguana on Twitter and on Facebook. And you can also check out his website, PongaSeVerde.com. That is P-O-N-G-A-S-E-V-E-R-D-E. PongaSeVerde.com. Uh, and, yeah, we will have part two of this interview next week. Uh, so you're absolutely going to have to stay tuned. It's so good. Mm-hmm. So yes. good. And uh, just a quick thank you to Mr. Iguana again for, for having such a great time with us. Uh, I hope oh, definitely. Him again. Yes, I hope we do, too. He was a wonderful interview. All right. So it's time. If you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by top executives and all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of all of this, it's free. Lucha Libre, or LuchaCentral.com. Your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. All right, and next we have a fan favorite segment. Dusty's going to take us down the road to this week in Lucha Libre history. That's right. Now it's time for this week in Lucha Libre history. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera for information, birth dates, anniversaries, match histories, and amazing videos all about Lucha Libre. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This week I chose August the 17th, 1990. When Los Thundercats won the Mexican National Trios Championships after beating Los Arqueros del Espacio in two out of three falls on an EMLL Super Viernes show, this was actually their only run as champions during their entire trios reign or uh, run as trios. So it's definitely a match worth checking out. I have a deep and unabiding love of all things Thundercats, and I can still remember when I found out as a teenager that there had been a Thundercats Lucha Trios team. Um, that excitement still carried into watching this match. I heard them announce the, the, the two refs. There were two referees in the match, but it never made sense to me why there were two referees in the match. <laughs> but it was a great match. There, it was a lot more mat-based and technical style than a lot of current fans might expect from Lucha Libre, and especially from a team called Los Thundercats. But it was like a brutal ballet, and you have to see it to fully enjoy it. Please do yourself a favor and check this match out. And if you're anything like me, apologize to your spouse, because after you see this, you're going to be contacting your mask maker to get some of those Thundercats masks. <laughs> They're amazing. <laughs> what did you pick this week, Brendan? Um, so 
I was kind of waffling a little bit on this, so I'm going to give a shout out to uh, 2009 Alex Kozlov winning the AAA Cruiserweight Championship. Um, I want to give that get that out there. That was an excellent choice. But in honor of Legato da Fantasma having a potentially really big weekend, I didn't know for sure if we were going to see a Cruiserweight title match when I made this choice. I went this week. I chose 2014, where Hijo del Fantasma won the Lucha Libre AAA World Cruiserweight Championship in a 10-way elimination match. This happened at uh, Triple Mania in uh, one of the in Arena Cudad, New Mexico. Uh, also in the match were Daga, Phoenix, Angelico, Australian Suicide, Bengala, Drago, Jack Evans, Joe Leader, and Pentagon Jr. So. Uh, you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. And this this was an elimination style match. So it wasn't one of those uh WWE style things where you have all these great guys in the ring and then uh the one jobber guy falls down and trips over his own shoelaces and the match is over. So uh <laughs> absolutely uh, uh so that's just uh a little bit of uh good luck for the the Legado de Fantasma this weekend, I think. Yeah. Fantastic match. And what did you have, Miranda? I also picked August 17th, but I went a little bit more recent to uh, 2014, uh, where Taya Valkyrie won the AAA Reina de las Reinas Championship, uh, beating Fabi Apache at uh, Triple Mania 22. Um, And, of course, being a big Taya Valkyrie fan, I I had to pick this, but also because this was the beginning of her 945-day reign uh, with the Reina de Reinas Championship. Oh, yeah. So the longest reign in the title history. Um, I mean, this really established her career um, in Mexico, but also, uh, in the United States. I mean, having that type of, of length uh, of a title reign, we saw something not as long, but she's also, uh, the longest impact, uh, knockout, uh, champion as well. Um, and I think that, that, you know, at uh, one point she was truly a, a big powerhouse still is, but, um, having that 945 day reign mm-hmm. with that title, uh, is, you know, something that I don't think we'll see again. Um, in, in our lifetime. So she had, it was a very fun match uh, against Fabi. Uh, Sexy Star accompanied to, uh, her to the ring. Um, we had a Rudo referee. So those were all elements that played oh. into her win. Um, and, but, you know, a very interesting uh, aspect that I noted during this match was uh, she got busted up a little bit in her nose and started to bleed. And once that happened, the crowd's tone changed completely. Um, and they're still very much in support of Fabi, but I think the, the crowd started to get behind her a little bit once they noticed her bleeding because they you yeah. know realized how much she was putting into this match. So yeah. uh, in, incredibly entertaining match. And, yeah, I mean, this was a, a, a really big point in the Arena de Arena's um, championship history. So that is a thing that uh, Mr. Iguana talks about, that some Mexican crowds really respect that uh, that level of commitment when you're bleeding. So I can yeah. absolutely feel that. Uh, I, so you said that there was a heel ref in there. Was it uh, Hijo de Torantes? I believe so. Yeah, oh, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, was, 
He played into a little bit of Taya's storyline that summer. He, he he played into a lot of the lady storyline around the, yeah around that time. Yeah. Just very curious. I uh, um, I'm his his father is the original Rudo referee, so uh, I've I followed his uh, his career a little bit, and I'm always uh, interested to see more matches where he's participating. Yeah, this was a, a fun one. You see him do slow counts. Uh, at one point, when uh, Taya's nose was bleeding, he was ready to do a three count, and then you know, stopped and said, no, 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 I can't do it. You see her nose is bleeding. So Pexy Star comes in with a towel to, you know, help dry her nose. And even the commentary, the brutal commentary was like, hey, he had to stop it, you know, Ty's nose is bleeding. And and so uh, everyone played along with it. That was really, a really fun dynamic uh, in there. But also very, it's so weird, in, in a, I guess, from American audience perspective, that you have a very blatant, you know, heel referee as part mm-hmm. of that match. And so it really did play into Fabi, like really having an uphill battle through that mm-hmm. entire match. Yeah. It's, it, it adds a nice level to the story. And it's very unique. Um, when I, when I asked uh, someone about it, they, and I can't remember how they said it. There's a particular phrase that loosely translates to it's part of the show. Uh, so when, mm-hmm. when the referee is acting extra Rudo like that, they just get more into it because the, the, yeah the story is kind of getting raised up and I, I love it. It's, we, so cool. I, I love, I love discussing the extra little bits of Lucha Libre culture on this show. So there you are fans. Uh, the Rudo referees are a thing and they're fantastic. We also have a special uh, story to add to this week in Lucha Libre um, because there was some late breaking news that came out, I believe was it earlier today, regarding a passing um, of someone very well known in the world of Lucha Libre. Dusty Brandon? Oh, <laughs> uh, I I wasn't sure if we were going to play the, a thing first. So I was... Um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> that's okay. It's kind of on the spot, uh, but we had so much uh, to to cover this week. But I know, as we were all talking, we really wanted to uh, make sure we acknowledged uh, the the passing. Um, yes, um, mucha crema. Mucha crema, the uh, uh, very famous Lucha Libre announcer. Uh, many people on on social media were making mention of this uh, as well. Um, everybody had had something positive to say. They um, the the Mucha crema name is comes from kind of a a cultural reference to uh, over the top and and it's mm-hmm. too much. Um, I, believe the story that I had relayed to me that it's related to like too much like extra sour cream on an already good on the top yeah. <laughs> yeah. yes uh, um, uh, yeah uh, he's yeah he's oh is that okay that story that story I have to, uh, to credit like, that okay like when when you think of like the last 20 or 25 years of SML, he's the voice you think of like he's that mm-hmm. voice I mean, he's yeah. He's that. He's the lucha libre. You know, like yeah. you think of him with that. <laughs> yeah. And, exactly. and like when when you do a lucha libre announcer, it's him that you're impersonating. Yes. And I mean, yes. he's the guy. He's absolutely the guy. To to the to the point on that that uh, we we found I found when we were looking for for clips of that he is 
he was given his own little studio to do uh, at these entrances. Like, so um, Kevin with Mass Republic compared it to Michael Buffer, who's in the middle of the ring. He is in his own little room with his with his sound equipment, and uh, he filled that room with the with the commentary. Uh, yes, I I, um, I I have so much, uh, and, and I'm sorry, folks. I'm I was pawing through videos. I have so many yes. good memories of him uh, <laughs> announcing. Yes. Senor it's, Gaetan. It's uh, it's just uh, it's a, it's a shame to know that uh, that I'm not going to get to hear another new one. Um, I do I do need to to give uh, credit to Conan for the the sour cream reference that was when I found that was on the Keeping It 100 podcast. It was relayed to me by another listener, but uh, I don't want Conan to come after us for using his stories. <laughs> yeah. so. uh, and and this is you know an important moment in, in lucha libre history. I imagine you know years from now this may come up. Um, as an important moment or day of recognition um, that he was, you know, what people emulate uh, and hear when they think of Lucha Libre and the over the top uh, emotions and expressions and um, even just the style and suit and everything that he did. Um, so well put together, uh, but also just very entertaining and over the top. So um, us here at the Lucho Central Weekly Podcast uh, would like to send our condolences uh, to his friends, his family, and everyone who cared about him. Um, and a, just a big thank you to, to him uh, for all the years of entertainment that he brought mm-hmm. to all of us fans. And now we have a quick commercial from one of our partners, thechairshot.com. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always your head. In the last part of this week's show, we do have a few more topics to share. One of them was this past Tuesday on Impact Wrestling on Access TV. We had night one of Emergence, uh, which is a two-week event uh, with some very interesting matches. Uh, the very first match that came up uh, for the night was a triple threat match for the X Division Championship. We had TJP versus Rohit Raju versus champion Chris Bay. This is a awesome match. TJP totally shined in this match. We've been seeing TJP as part of a, a tag team with Fala Ba for quite a while. And this is really the first time we've been able to see him in the ring, really doing his thing for in, in quite a while. So I would say the highlight of this match is TJP. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. It's very, very fun. However, the surprise of the night and maybe even the century for some people uh, was the result of this match. Rohit Raju pulling one over and pinning Chris Bay to become the new X division champion. No. Yeah. That's so surprising. (laughs) I'm still in denial on this one. I know. Chris Bay was my guy. (laughs) Yes. We didn't have the reign of Bay for a while. It wasn't the Bay division for that long. Uh, So that's well. we have the reign of Raju. I don't know. We'll just, we'll see what happens. But yes, a very big surprise on Virgin. Uh, We also had a very fun match uh, between Ty Valkyrie and Kylie Ray as part of Wrestle House. 
this was set up the week prior, and Rosemary served as referee. Um, a very fun lucha uh, note to this. At the beginning of the match, Kylie Ray uh, put out her hand to shake uh, for Taya Valkyrie, and she, you know, looked at it and said, no, nah, I wrestled Mexico, and she just slapped the hand out, out of the way. So she had some of her lucha uh, influence in that match. Um, entertaining match again. I mean, we talk about brutal referees. Uh, Rosemary is an alliance with Taya Valkyrie, so there <laughs> were some shenanigans. However, Rosemary reluctantly had to call the one, two, three um, as Kylie Ray pinned Taya Valkyrie. Uh, so we have now, I mean, Kylie uh, continuing her streak, still number one contenders for the knockout championship um, and a loss for Taya. But it was within the realm of Russell House, so I don't even know how this counts or doesn't count, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> don't Which know. just makes Russell House even more magical. It's, it's a truly a magical place. You really don't know what you're going to get there. Um, something that we are getting for night two next week of emergence, um, we did have Willie Mack being interviewed about his good friend. Um, uh, why are people escaping me this week? Oh, I, I can't. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, my gosh. His good friend. Willie Mack, who got beat up a few weeks ago, his leg. Rich Swan. There we go. Ah, Rich Swan. So, uh, Willie Mack was being interviewed about his good friend, Rich Swan. Uh, Willie was in a match the week prior with Eric Young, who was responsible for Rich's injuries uh, after he's come back. And Brian Myers took over, took took uh, Jimmy Jacobs, who was doing the interview, pulled it away from Willie Mack and, uh, you know, took over the interview to talk about himself. Well, Willie Mack did not take to that kindly, which does not surprise me because Willie Mack is not the type of man you mess with, um, and attacked Brian Myers. So officially announced for next week, we have Willie Mack versus Brian Myers, uh, formerly known, known as Kurt Hawkins. So uh, this will be very interesting. I know I haven't seen very much of Kurt Hawkins in the ring in quite a while. He had a really good match against Eddie Edwards last week, which was the longest match I've ever seen him in. Um, <laughs> and we know Willie Mack can throw a good, have a good match with anybody. Uh, so, I mean, uh, I think it's uh, – I, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I'm willing to give it a try. Uh, I, yeah. So, uh, Willie Mack, we do have him on night two of Emergence. That'll be good. You know, talking about uh, comedy and and, uh, companies, you know, can be not too much. Those things, it is very not comedy segment. And even everything that they do uh, with uh, the characters in that segment, you know, are within this you know, reality show, but it's, I, I think it's entertaining. I'm also that kind of fan. I don't, I don't mind just not yeah. too overwhelming. I don't know if you've had the chance to see or, or catch some glimpse um, uh, on that TJP Chris Bay Rohit Raju match, Brendan. Uh, I did not get much of a chance to, uh, to watch that. I, I've seen a couple highlights. I've seen a lot of, uh, of Chris Bay on social media posting pictures of him, generally speaking, his very expressive face uh, at the moment yes, where very he, he lost. Um, but uh, 
it looked like it was a, a great match. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, it's I, on my it's on my short list of things. There's just so yeah. much content that happened this week that I yeah, haven't caught up really, with everything. It really <laughs> was. But I think, again, TJP was the highlight of that match. Um, I, I, he is someone where, you know, he's been in and out of the X Division uh, championship picture for quite some time. And this could be his chance of really getting back in. Um, you know, I don't know how much of a fighting, quote-unquote, fighting champion Rohit Raju is going to be because uh, he was pretty sneaky getting into this match, and I imagine he's going to continue to use those those tactics to, to stay mm-hmm. champion. So, you know, who who knows? Um, but, you know, make sure to, to check out night two of uh, Emergence uh, with Impact Wrestling on Access TV. Next week, if you want to see Willie Max lay the smackdown on Brian Myers. At least that's my prediction. And we'll be talking about that even if that's not exactly how it plays out. <laughs> yeah, we're still going to be talking about uh, So our final story of the night is one that we've been talking about for the past few weeks. It's actually the Design A Mask Contest by Lucha-Mask.com and LuchaCentral.com. Over the past few weeks, we've been telling our listeners about the ways to enter and to vote and this week, a can you let us know more about the? I'm sorry, uh, you cut out just a little bit there. Were you asking me on that one? Yes, and it's probably I'm having some weather-related issues. No worries. Uh, so that I could just... probably be why I cut out. But yeah, I was asking if you if you don't mind sharing with the fans uh, a little bit about the winner of the contest. Uh, yeah. Um, the it was uh, it was the one I voted for. It was uh, mm. it was based on. Uh, on on a kind of a more Aztec lines and uh, a, a maze sort of a theme. It was called Labertino, Labertino by Guillermo Palacios from Dallas, Dallas, Texas. Uh, it, it was according to according to the Lucha Central site, it was a hands down winner with a number of votes. Uh, there were all five entries were great entries. But they uh, really were. I, I, uh, I I voted for this one. I liked the I the too. the uh, the, uh, the more Aztec styling to it. That's always something that I feel is uh, more interesting in a lucha libre mask. Masks that have that, like a Guerrero Maya mask with that sort of patterning to it, is something that uh, I very much like. So I was mm-hmm. I voted for the one that I want to wear, and that's <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know, that's uh, the best way to put it. <laughs> right. Well, I'm I'm gonna be spending my fifteen to thirty dollars on this mask. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. All of the uh, the final five, uh, you can look at their designs um, on luchacentral.com. Um, all of them were very different. I did like um, the Ani mask by Juan Ortiz uh, that was mm-hmm. a little bit uh, more into the kind of the Japanese style, and yeah. of course, kind of that killer clown look. Uh, affliction from SoCal Uncensored. That was a very cool one as well. Uh, those are kind of my two uh, picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all of them were very cool, very different as well, which I think made it very hard to choose. Yeah. Um, because they were yeah, all very so different. Yeah, so much variety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So stay tuned. You can go to lucha-mask.com, of course, to get your exclusive uh, mask, especially if you're out there, you know, wanting to to, uh, keep yourself safe, uh, but also look stylish while you're out there, lucha-mask.com. They will be posting when this mask will be available uh, for for people to, to buy. Um, and so make sure you check out lucha-masks.com. In the meantime, lucha-masks.com has a Legends of Lucha Lucha Libre uh, four-pack that you can get as well. So if you were on the fence and didn't really decide between two of them, this is probably the deal for you because you can get four at a greatly reduced price, and it's all you really do four amazing ones. ones. Yeah, you get mm-hmm. yeah you get the Conan, you get the Mascarita Dorada, you get Taurus and uh, the Venom Ray Phoenix. Yeah, so uh, if if you can't wait like me and you need to get more masks in your life right away, this is the way to do it. Yeah. Remember that is lucha-masks.com. Um, and we made it to the end of another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to follow Lucha Central on social media. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Lucha Central and on Twitter at LuchaCentral.com. Of course, there's the YouTube page where you can find lots of great videos and interviews available. You can catch some very cool interviews that Denise Alfredo does. Of course, uh, matches of the week and then some of the matches that we talk about for this week in Lucha, uh, in Lucha Libre history are posted on the YouTube channel. So make sure you check out Lucha Central on, on all forms of social media and on YouTube. Of course, we got to plug in uh, our own social media. So, Dusty, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yes, I'm on Instagram at Dusty Murphy, and I'm at Facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy. And I want to give a special shout-out to Emmett Brown, who friended me this week on Instagram. <laughs> he said, no offense, but he was a ladies' man, and had I seen Miranda, had, she had to be the first friend. And I, I agreed with him. I was like, no, I get it. Uh, Muchos respetos. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> but I told him uh, I the shout out. He was a little hurt when I said, "Oh, Emmett had friended me on on Instagram." Dusty was a little hurt, so uh, you know that that's okay. We all have different friends on social media, um, but yes, make sure to, to find all of us on social media, including who, Brendan Barr. Who? That's right. I am 321 T-shirt guy. I am on Instagram, sorta. I mean, I'm really kind of just receiving. Uh, pictures from Miranda at this point, and uh, and then I am also three two one t shirt guy on on Twitter where I spend a large disproportionate amount of my online time. So that's definitely a great place to to find me. And myself, Miranda Morales. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the hashtag Miranda hashtag spelled out. Uh, feel free to leave us comments. Let us know what you think of the show. We are still. Uh, inviting recommendations and suggestions for our trio's names. I know Emmett uh, believes he has the mark, the corner, the market cornered, but 
you know, this is still democracy. We still got to filter in a few more suggestions. Um, and we would love to hear your suggestions on trios names. And again, let us know what you think of the show. Uh, this show is available on luchacentral.com and also uh, different podcast streaming platforms. So make sure you rate, subscribe, and leave us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you think of the show. We do this every week. So we might as well get your feedback and let and to let us know uh, ways that we can make this show better for all of you. Uh, but man, this was a packed week, and we're going to have so much more to talk about next week. Don't Absolutely. forget part two mm-hmm. of our interview with Mystery Iguana will be happening this week. So if you enjoyed part one, you're definitely going to want to listen in to part two. For Dusty Murphy and Brendan Barr, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week.